Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood of Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from Coldsploitation.com and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, we took a couple of weeks off, right? Um, after Halloween. Halloween always takes a, a big toll on us. We, we go from week to week for about two months and uh, it was like a nice, old, nice like refreshing the, break. Was I say like the good old days? Yeah, absolutely. When we used to do it week by week by week, just hammering them out. That's how we got up to 192 episodes or something, because we just hammered them out right in the early days. That's when we didn't have anything to do, though. I didn't, I didn't have kids. Just kind of sitting home, hanging out. Now things are different. You have things to do. This, I don't. <laughs> it's like what six years later now. We're in our sixth year now. Do I have to update the? Yeah, you're going to have to. I think I have to update the, the image because we're on six years now. You're going to have to start uh, hiring a graphics guy now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't do it my, myself anymore. With the, the, all that Genesee money that we're raking in. Absolutely. Well, we're back with uh, an episode. So we're moving from Halloween and we go right to our next holiday. And then we go right to our next holiday because it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, uh, <laughs> for, for all the holidays in the, the October through December season. Um, so we're, we're on to the Thanksgiving films and actually Thanksgiving is pretty late this year. Um, it's like, what is it? The 28th or something like that this yeah, year. It's, it's pre- yeah, pretty, pretty late. Um, so we are kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit into November here and we're, we're doing it a little, a little early. Normally we try to do it on Thanksgiving week, but it kind of just fell in that we were going to do, uh, an episode a little bit before. So, um, that leaves you open to revisiting some of our Thanksgiving episodes of years prior, like Thanksgiving or Planes, was, Trains, and Automobiles. I was going to say, a tradition like no other, a really shitty Thanksgiving film. Well, that's not true. Yes, we've, it is. We've, we've, only, done, I, we've only done one worthwhile Thanksgiving film. And what's that? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. For, um, oh, yeah. Well, well, we did First Blood, but it's not really a Thanksgiving movie. I don't know where that came in my, my head. It was like more it's like a, a pre-Christmas it's a, it's a, movie. It's a Christmas movie. So I guess that leads into a very good segue for this movie. Uh, we're covering Blood Rage today, and that's one that I've always wanted to cover. Um, I actually have never seen Blood Rage, um, though it is a pretty significant Thanksgiving movie. It's like one of the only Thanksgiving horror movies. The only other, you know, really Thanksgiving film for horror is Thanksgiving, and then I guess Thanksgiving three. Um, but Blood Rage has always been one you're of those movies. I was gonna say you're forgetting Eli Roth's Thanksgiving trailer. <laughs> yeah, like the three minute trailer that Eli Roth produced. Yeah, but but Blood Rage has always been like the the main Thanksgiving movie, and so I wanted to offer this up right away before we actually go into the the film itself. Is Blood Rage a Thanksgiving movie? Because that's always a question of Die Hard as well. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Um, is Blood Rage a Thanksgiving movie? Go. No. 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 Well, that does, if you're saying no right away, that doesn't bode well for our Thanksgiving <laughs> coverage. That we, no, because you, know you know what? Because you know what? 
Die Hard at least has some of the pomp and circumstance that comes with Christmas. Okay, yeah. You know, like the Christmas party, the decorations, the music. Actually, all right. So let's let's say I, I think we already covered this on our Die Hard episode that we did. But do you? Wh- what say you is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Okay, and I say yes as well. It's, it's absolutely it's not, a Christmas movie, but it's not as good as Lethal Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> The better. <laughs> Lethal Weapon is, is less of a Christmas movie, I'd say. How, but, and then uh, Die Hard. How dare you. But uh, So, okay. So, we both agree Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So, now you're saying Blood Rage is not a Christmas movie. You're saying you mean, Die Hard or is not, not a Thanksgiving so. movie. And Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie than Blood Rage, a Thanksgiving movie, because of the pomp and circumstance. Of- this has none of it. They have like two seconds of them sitting down. For Thanksgiving dinner, which looks like the most miserable Thanksgiving dinner ever. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> because there are like about five references to cranberry sauce. Which is one of the worst things you can have on Thanksgiving. Mm. Okay, right then and there. Let's let's talk about that. <laughs> so first, are we talking about jelly cranberry sauce or are we talking about real cranberry sauce? Like the uh, actual like smushed up cranberries into a uh, – Jelly-like substance. I don't think I've ever had it like that. I've only okay. see, ever seen the canned ocean the can- spray. Okay, so that's probably where some of the issue from your perspective lies. Is that you've only had the very jellied from a can. Um, Which no one – I'm pretty sure no one in my family actually enjoyed. So they that's just why bought I, it. It's just a it, tradition to buy. I think after a while, it just stopped showing up at Thanksgiving. You know, you always... But at the same time, too, my mom, she refuses to make, like, homemade mashed potatoes. Like, it's boxed. Like, you know, mm. I didn't know what good mashed potatoes were until I was, like, 17 years old at someone else's house. And, like, oh. I like how you're disparaging your mother's Thanksgiving dinner on here. Like, well, no. Yeah, they she, would always get she, jellied. No, and you know what? No, she would admit it. that she, she She's like, no, I, I, I don't cook, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, those those are whipped potatoes. You fucking eat your, you know, box of, you know, whipped potatoes and you fucking like, you ungrateful little shit. Um, all right. So, but I think everybody gets the the canned cranberry sauce because in your case Uncle of Bob, a, I would say your Uncle Bob is like the only man that can see like sitting down to have like the time and then put the love and care into like sitting and like taking some cranberries and then tenderly turning it into a fine sauce well my my dad always makes it well it's, it was a a family tradition my my grandparents would make the the actual cranberry sauce um from real cranberries and it's kind of always been mm. passed down my dad does that now but we also do get the the jelly cranberry sauce because only my mom likes the jellied one the jellied one is for people who don't really like cranberries at all you like the taste of manufactured um Fruit flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, and, and the other thing is you buy the jelly cranberry sauce in case a stray bullet might fly through the, the room <laughs> and it would, it would the jelly would catch the bullet. It does look like the stuff that, you, you know, the ballistics gel that they use. Yeah, exactly. Busters. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like uh, what, what do they call that um, for the for like when they're testing DNA and stuff? It's like uh, agar or whatever, you know, that, that like gel um, – substance that they they put dna in and it like travels up the the agar but yeah this felt like this film has nothing like yeah our character says cranberry sauce like 12 times but other than that i mean like there's nothing nothing really to how about the mom sitting down to have some corn and green beans from the fridge 
that doesn't scream Thanksgiving night after a number of beers. <laughs> She's pounding wine. <laughs> so I can I can definitely the wine part is definitely something that I can relate to because um, in Thanksgiving's past, especially when I had just turned 21, like of drinking age, of course I was a really goody two shoes. So I didn't do any underage drinking of, you know, that, that was, I was above that. I was straight edge for a, a number of years. <laughs> um, but, but in, in Thanksgiving's past, I do remember hitting the, the boxes of wine hard. Um, on Thanksgiving. Oh, oh the fraud's I can finally <laughs> yeah, take it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or the black box. Black box is always another one that I remember being so, at Thanksgiving. Ryan, want some wine? Don't mind if I do. Yeah, exactly. Don't I remember hitting them hard. So think the thanks, you know, the, the drinking of, of wine on Thanksgiving definitely, uh, is, reminds me of, of Blood Rage. The other thing I will say about Blood Rage too is that you're right. The, the pomp and circumstance of Thanksgiving is really missing here. And it, it seems like it's really just rushed into the movie. Like Thanksgiving doesn't really make a whole lot of difference to the film, like whether it be set on Thanksgiving or literally any other day of the year. They but, don't – it's a missed opportunity because this film has a lot of parallels, I would say, with like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, my God. I was totally going to mention that uh, but, and, later on in the show. Yeah. Yep. But – misses the mark in like every shape and form mm-hmm. where silent night deadly night is the warm side of the door <laughs> yeah yeah i was i'm i'm you were spot on with mentioning that because i was totally gonna bring that up as well we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more we'll flush that out a little bit more in detail later on um but blood rage definitely reminds me of thanksgiving in one particular way and i'll say this before we go into our break about beer <laughs> um me. it is a long-winded discussion <laughs> about nothing in particular. Totally a Thanksgiving moment for the film. <laughs> All right, so what beer do we have on the show? We'll take a break here so we don't go too far into Blood Rage. What do we got? What'd you get us? You're the one that supplied this. Stuff. This is, uh, like, what, two weeks in, in ma- the making here? I, I bought this, like, two week, at least two weeks ago. Surprised I didn't drink it already. I know. I did that last time. <laughs> uh, this is so we've we've pretty much done every other neon beer in the um, Ama Gang series. Um, they've been doing a bunch of neon different neon beers. Um, they did their own series like the Neon Rainbows, the Neon Neon Rainbows, Neon Lights, Neon Lights. They have collaborations with a few different breweries. We did the Sloop collaboration. Don't even remember what that one was called. Do you? I bu- Neon Pools. Neon Pools, yep. And then they did another collaboration with Firestone Walker Brewing Company. And I will admit, I've never really had much Firestone Walker. I don't know why, but oh, I've God. just kind of – I don't know. I don't know. I've stayed away from them for some reason. Um, but they did make a collaboration beer with Amagang called Neon Giants. So it's another in their line of the Amagang series of um, hazy IPAs. So this one is the Neon Giants Astronomically Hazy IPA. With New Zealand hops, uh, whether that makes a difference to you or not, um, you know, I don't know, but uh, it does have a number of different hops in this um, to make it a hazy IPA that to me stands out from the rest of the Neon series. I don't know that I can put it into words exactly why I enjoy this Neon Giant so much um, you know, more than a, a, one of the other Neon series beers. 
But for whatever reason, I'm really enjoying Neon Giants. I don't know if it's the particular um, – I think it's the Azaka for you. I do like Azaka hops. I've always liked Azaka hops. Right from the founder's uh, Azaka beer 15-pack that they've done. And that was like probably like four Christmases ago when I had that one. But um, I don't know. Something about Neon Giants and the haziness and the hoppiness, probably the New Zealand kiwiness of it. Um, is just standing out to me as a great hazy IPA. So I really, I'm really enjoying Neon Giants. And again, like we've said, we're not connoisseurs. We're not, we're not super tasters. I cannot really put into the words exactly how a hazy IPA tastes different from a different hazy IPA. I'm not good at that. Um, but your taste buds know when you. Yep, exactly. The taste buds know. They're like. Uh, yeah, that's pretty generic. That's pretty average. Or they're like, whoa, this one's knocking uh, it out of the park. And I would say Neon Giants for me is on the top tier end of the other Neon series from Amagang. I don't exactly know why, but it's really just – it's just hitting the spot right now. Well, um, I've gone through a range of emotions on this. <laughs> I started off hating it. Kind of abhorring it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I thought it tasted pretty bad. I think it was just that can, though. Because <clears throat> it wasn't like... There's nothing in this beer that made me... that uh, st- stood out as anything that I don't like. It's like every hop that's in this beer, which there's two, four, six, eight different fucking hops in this beer. <laughs> um, and they are listed on the can if you're a hop connoisseur and want to break down and like, you know, like, oh, this is what the Idaho 7 tastes like. This is what, you know, Simcoe's like, you know. So I've had them all. I think the first can I had kind of had like a little bit of the can bleeding into it. I don't know why, but I I got like a tinny taste. But the more I'm drinking it, and especially with this new can, the more it's subsided and tastes like a standard neon. So that how I was telling you before we got on, I gave it like a 2.75, which is a pretty low rating. I would definitely bump that up to like a a traditional 375 for this. It's pretty good. I like it. Um, it's not my favorite neon. I still think my favorite neon so far is the original neon rainbows. Um, I've never had a Firestone Walker beer. I just looked at my untapped. And I haven't checked into anything. Um, so I don't know exactly what they do and what they're about. It's kind of cool to see Gang collabing with different brewers. I, as you were saying, when, uh, like a week or two ago when we were talking that they're collabing with uh, Thin Man and they're going to come out with their, like a IPA version of their Minky Boodle. Yep. That, you know, that sounds great. I can't wait for that. You know, so it's cool that they're doing that, you know, and contributing these Sloop-esque uh, Nipas, which, again, as you said, too, and as we said when we've done each one of these in the Sloop beer, they're very, very good Nipas. Not going to like blow your ass away, but they're very good. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to get every tropical flavor that you can think of in your mind. And then you leave your brain to like sorting out as you sip away each, you know, like the differences in the tropicalness of it. But I think it's nice that Alma Gang does this. But again, I just, I kind of just want to go back to like just do more regular Belgian shit, dudes. Because I bought a six pack of Rare Voss, which I haven't had for forever and it was just like find like finding comfort again it's like ah that's 
this is what I miss. <laughs> this is what I miss from going to a show down there, to, you know, drinking Wit, Hennepin, and Rare Voss down at a concert, listening to Dinosaur Jr. and Ghost of a Sabretooth Tiger and Primus. <laughs> and coming to the conclusion, like, holy shit, that's Sean Lennon up there. Whispering away his noise rock. So yeah, no, it's good. And the last one we have left to try now is the Neon Lights, which is just the session version of the Neon Rainbow. So, why? Well, I, I, th- I, I thought we've had the Neon Lights before. Maybe uh, we haven't checked into it. So Maybe. If we've, I, I think we have had it. To be honest with you, because I remember, I'm pretty sure we have had it. I don't think we ever checked into it though. I don't know why. Yeah, for some reason I don't have it checked in, but I, I feel like I did have it at one point, but. Because that was like the second one to come out. It was the they had the neon rainbows, the neon neon rainbows, and then the neon lights. Because you had your, you know, your session, your regular, and then your double. Yeah, we'll have to get it and officially check in, so we know we've had it. But yeah, this is good. Yeah, I I'm really enjoying the neon giants. I think I'll you know like Firestone Walker is actually pretty. You know, we we get Firestone Walker around here. We get like their variety pack. I don't know why I've never checked them out before. But I think I'll give it a go. Where are they based in? I want I don't know why I want to say Florida, but I want to say Florida. California. <laughs> California. Okay. Yeah, I don't, so I don't know why I want to. I don't know why <laughs> so I, close. Yeah. Uh Paso Robles and Venice, California. Hmm. So basically like Sierra Nevada. And they're owned by Duval Mort. Wow, well, oh, that makes owned sense. By Duval. Which makes sense why they collabed with Oma Gang then. Because yeah. Oma Gang is also owned by Duval. So. Honestly, I think on my radar, the, the one that I'm most um, excited about is that Thin Man collaboration. Because the Minky Boodle is just such a delight. Yeah, what did you think about that Mecha Boodle? That's great. I yeah, you like that one a lot. Yeah, I liked it. The blackberry and peach. It's a mm. great combo. The only, the only critique I'll have it had a great, nice, bitter, sweet blackberry taste. Peach was very light. Didn't get too much yeah. of it. But I, the biggest critique I would have is the mouthfeel on it was really thin. Mm. Really thin mouthfeel. Yeah, I would agree it, that the peach was light on that. If they kind of hefted it up a little bit, like made it more like a heavier, like a, like lactose sour or milkshake sour or something, I think that would definitely make it like, you know, five out of five. Perfect. It, apparently the Mecca Boodle is one that they do a variety of different sours on. Yeah, because they had a cherry one. My buddy at work was asking if it was the blackberry or the cher- tart cherry one that they yep. had. Yeah, they do, that's kind of like their, uh, they take like the Minky Boodle and then they... They modify it and change it up with some different fruits. Plus, what? You can't be mad drinking a beer like that. What are you drinking? Minky Boodle. Yeah, absolutely. Having a Minky Boodle. And I figured you'd, you'd enjoy the mecha part of that, too. Yeah, I was. Tobey Gundam was playing in my head the entire time <laughs> I was drinking that. All right. Back to Blood Rage. Or Slasher. Or Slasher. Or. Yeah. or Nightmare at Shadow Woods. And apparently Nightmare at Shadow Woods is the cut one. So if you've seen that one, you, you probably were bored out of your mind. Well, you know what? That's the better name of the three. It does have a certain ring to it, right? It's, it's got like a nice, like, I don't know. Like it gives you exactly what you 
are looking for in a horror movie like this, like a slasher movie. You're like, like slasher is way too generic. Gen- way it makes too- it sound. Makes it sound like you're not going to be in for a good time. Oh, what film are you seeing tonight? Slasher! Especially when this movie was made in 1987. Like, that's actually actually on the tail end of Slashers. I was going to say, well, actually, it was made in 82 and 83. Came out, they released it four years later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, the Slasher title is way too generic. Blood Rage, not bad. Makes you think of, like, an um, Herschel Gordon Lewis film movie. Uh... I, but you're right. Nightmare at Shadow Creek does have like a nice ring. It actually, you know, I don't know why. It reminds me of fucking the Great Escape Nightmare Ride. Because I think like the Nightmare Ride actually had a longer name. It's like Nightmare at Axel Creek or something like that. Um, wow. How dare you disparage the roller coaster <laughs> that was never open. Never working. That's what it makes me think of. Nightmare at Shadow Creek. Is that still up? Have they not even had the courtesy to knock that down? Yeah, yet? I think it's still there. Jesus. Yeah. Fucking took down the rainbow, but, you know, had to keep that up and run for longer than. <sighs> so the interesting thing about Blood Rage is you're right. It had a long production time until its release. It was uh, directed by John Grismer, who has really only had one other credit to his name. The scalpel. Um, I'm sorry, not the scalpel, but scalpel. Uh, and so, Blood Rage is kind of an outlier, I guess, in his his uh, oeuvre because it is a very, I don't know, I want to say, I guess, I would say, a very cheap film entirely. It is, uh, as you stated almost ad-libbed at times it it very much seems like all the actors came in and they basically made the script up on set like right during filming they there was really no no script whatsoever and they just kind of played it by ear um the dialogue in this film is so corny and cheap and like ra- random that it doesn't seem like it was written like they just like you know like oh Say something in this scene. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really it it feels like there was. Well, what I would say is that Blood Rage really is a film that has absolutely no point to it. It really has it like throughout the entirety of the what is it like only eighty two minutes, right? The eighty two minutes of runtime. It it literally is going nowhere. It is set all in pretty much on one night of Thanksgiving. Uh, with a group of people, and it really has no plot whatsoever. It just kind of explores different avenues of slashers, but it really doesn't have anything specific going on. You know, at least in certain films, there is a direction to where the plot is going. In Blood Rage, it doesn't really feel like there's anything actually... You know, like any direction that this film is heading towards. It's just about um, a guy killing people on Thanksgiving Eve. Um, And like you said in our intro, it is very much Silent Night, Deadly Night-esque. Because it basically takes that idea of Silent Night, Deadly Night being set on Christmas with a guy who's going crazy, who is obsessed with people being naughty. And it... 
basically transplants it into a movie about Thanksgiving where a guy is obsessed with people being bad. And that's... But not in, like, what Thanksgiving has nothing... <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. There's no tie to it. Right. Because our opening in this film is instead of the opening of Silent Night, Deadly Night, where, you know, our hero, our hero and then also eventual Slayer um, watches mom and dad, you know, get killed and then, you know, molested and shit. Here it's just on Christmas by Santa. Here it's just on thank- not even Thanksgiving or anything. They're at a drive-in. And mom's a single mom, and they're at the drive-in, and mom's getting her titties felt up, and, you know, because uh, she may be a single mom, but mom, you know, she's got to get that muff stuffed. <laughs> That's the Thanksgiving part of it. Yeah. You know, stuffing. So, so it doesn't help happen on Thanksgiving, and then when they're like, both Todd and Terry are, are two twins in this film, they sneak out, because like, oh, mom's about to, you know, get her muff stuffed again, let's go. You know, nothing's, nothing good is on right now. And then the one twin just decides to grab a hatchet, and then as everyone's, as we see in this, the opening, is, you know, going to the drive-in not to watch actually a film, but just, you know, fucking their car, which, wow. What, you know. They're hitting up the, the black market of condoms in the, the restroom. Do you know who that was? No. Selling the condoms? No. That's Ted Raimi. Oh, is it really? No, I yes, didn't it- really... I guess which, I didn't which really is funny, catch. I, which is funny because on Wikipedia they say cameo by Ted Raimi. It's like, hold on. What do you mean cameo? By 1983 when this film was shot? What do you mean cameo by Ted Raimi? Outside of Evil Dead, it's not like Ted Raimi fucking, you know, it's like, oh, you know, get Ted Raimi. You know, <laughs> yeah, <sure."> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't realize that was him either because if you were to ask me to pick Ted Raimi out of a fucking lineup, I wouldn't be able to do it either. But, you know. But yeah, no. So everyone's at you know the, at the drive-in to you know to have sex because again, they're not gonna watch a movie or anything or you know do it comfortably at home in a bed. They're gonna do it in a fucking station wagon. Not you know we get the seats lay down. They're gonna do it in the front with you know the manual shifters in your fucking asshole. Well, the eighties was all about repression. I mean, you can't have sex at home, of course, and not only that, but you can't just be you know a 20 something guy going out to buy condoms that's that's absolutely unheard of you can't be buying condoms at all you have to go to the black market ted ramey to get those condoms uh, you know well i hope he makes good money on that because wouldn't that wouldn't you just feel like a uh, like a fucking such a like a sh- shit dweeb just walking around like yeah i gotta <laughs> uh, i've got a nice stock of different types of condoms now now honestly you would probably have to have like a really long trench coat to be able to um effectively have all of the brands and types that a you'd person have to be like might a, need like, you'd have to be like a uh, salesman resident evil at the gun <laughs> yeah shop, exactly I got the Trojans, I got the Trojan Thin, I got the Trojan Magnums, I got the Trojan Flavors, I got the Trojan I got, Heat. I got the know? Icy Hots. Yeah, the I, Icy Hot. If you want to make a, make you, uh, yourself feel like you got, you're catching chlamydia. I and got then, the yeah. lambskins in case you're allergic to uh, to rubber. I got the Durex. You want to try the Durex? I got the dirt. you know. But that's our setup. And it's not, like, again, there's nothing Thanksgiving-y about it. It's just, oh, you know. Yeah, that intro is really odd because it is a lot like Silent Night, Deadly Night in the fact that it's setting up the idea that this, um, this uh, 
you know, early experience has shaped the rest of the their lives. And like in Silent Night, Deadly Night, that that has become a warped obsession with the protagonist and antagonist of that movie. In Blood Rage, um, the interesting part about it is that there's the twin aspect that Todd and Terry um, each have their own differences. Like, like Todd doesn't really talk that much as a child. And Terry is kind of the one that takes the, the lead. And he's the one that actually does the murdering uh, in this intro. And yet the film doesn't really try to hide any of that. You would think that with Blood Rage, a better aspect to this movie would be to have the audience not be in on the the information about who did what. Um, you know, just leave it open and then, and then have that mystery unfold throughout the movie. But Blood Rage doesn't really do that. The audience is privy to that information right from the start. And so I, it kind I, of... I was going to say, I, I disagree with that, though, because the whole, after the first 20 minutes of the film, the whole film is just fucking Terry running around murdering people. It is, but I wish that so, they kind of had left that, like, a mystery, like, who's actually doing it, is which twin is doing it. Um, at least you'd have some some semblance of, of a direction that you're going in. At least the audience would be questioning. Right now, like, well, I shouldn't say right now, but, like, in Blood Rage, the movie, because you are given the fact that uh, Terry is the one that's doing all of this, like you don't need to question anything. You're just like along for the ride, and the ride is kind of nuts and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense as to why certain things are happening. That's why I think like the film might have benefited from at least a little bit of mystery to it. Like who's no. really doing the killing? It would have, but at the same time, like I said, like I, I don't think there's a way to separate. Well, who would have done it? Because then you would have had to have had like one of them not get chipped off to a mental institution. It would have had to have been like, we don't know which one's the crazy one, and then you know, either throw them both in there, or then you know. I think you could have just had one blame the other. It's kind of like the um the Simpsons episode, the the Treehouse of Horror episode where Bart has an evil twin. And the evil twin lives up in the attic. And eventually at the end of the episode, you you find out that the evil twin is actually not evil. And Bart's the evil twin. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite Treehouse of Horrors. Treehouse of Horrors 84. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's kind of like the same idea. And that actually works out pretty well. And it's kind of like a nice surprise at the end that you've, you find out, you know, uh, Bart is the, the evil twin that has always been – um, of you know, out in the open and and uh, causing mischief. Um, and I think that Blood Rage just doesn't have that um, that sense of surprise. It's it's really like where's its where's all of its uh, elements on its sleeve. You don't really get much of a surprise. Um, and I you know, I'm not saying that like the idea of having Terry as the slasher with Todd being um. You know, like, not the actual killer who's kind of been shut away for ten years. It's not a, it's not a bad idea, but Blood Rage doesn't really go anywhere with it. It literally is just a series of scenes of Terry running around killing people for no real apparent reason. Um, and I think that becomes what you said, interminable, um, because it really feels like Blood Rage just goes on and on for no real reason. There's nothing really um, 
happening that's of interest to the audience besides these murders. And that's why I said if you caught the cut version of this movie, then you're probably bored to tears because without the violence, without the the graphic um, elements of the film that you know are arguably not too bad from a special effects point of view, um, then you really don't have much going on at all in Blood Rage. You have a series of scenes where the characters kind of ad-lib their way or poorly act their way through um, through dialogue that sometimes doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like we didn't we didn't talk about like, but why are they playing tennis on Thanksgiving Eve at like eleven o'clock at night? Like what? Yeah, no. Instead of having sex, they're gonna we're gonna go play tennis. Yeah, and like not only that, but she's wearing a nice see-through top, takes a shower. But they're gonna go play tennis after. I then, like I, literally. Has I, a nice um, uh, Olivia Newton-John physical T-shirt on. <laughs> it's great. Not only that, the opening when they come back, you got the fucking. Um, they're playing football. They're not even playing football. They're meaning just like running around playing grab ass. Like, like oh, you know, throw the ball here. Oh, uh-huh. throw the ball here. Uh-huh. Throw the ball here. Uh-huh. Is this fun? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it just, like, Blood Rage just really doesn't have many, <laughs> honestly, like, a story at all. It's it's a crazy idea, though. Like, I mean, I like I like the idea, at least in part. I like the idea that Todd and Terry are twins, that one of them has been confined to an um, insane asylum that they escape on Thanksgiving. It's got a nice Halloween element to it. It's got a Silent Night, Deadly Night element to it. Um it's got an incestual element to it where Terry is obviously in some ways uh, has an Oedipus complex, um, though the film doesn't really even attempt to go into it that very much besides um, you know, one scene early on in the film where you can see Mark Soper, who plays Todd and Terry, um, getting very verklempt about the fact that his mom is getting married to this new guy. Um, other than that, like – there's clearly the Oedipus complex, but the film doesn't really seem to know what to do with it. It doesn't really address it. Um, I wish it had gone a little bit further than that because even at the end of the movie where uh, the mother shoots Terry and there's the scene where they're kind of embracing and Todd is hugging his mother – there's an an element of incestuousness to that as well, where it's almost like they're too close. They're going to to kiss. Something odd is going to happen with that. And then it doesn't. And it's like, I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's a missed opportunity for them to explore the incestuousness of this mother-son uh, relationship. It's like the film wanted to do that, but they weren't sure what to do with it. I don't know if you got that feeling as well. No, it's it's definitely there. Like, especially especially because his mom's throughout the entire film's got like her boobies out, you know. Always just like kinda hanging out and then the way like she's like when you see her at the hospital, the way like she kinda like, you know, holds him and then especially at the end it gets very Yeah, like that. I just That's like just, it just feels like they meant to they meant to do that, but then it's almost – it's just implied It's and it's vaguely implied. It's 
where to the point where you're questioning as a viewer, like, well, am I seeing incestuousness in this? And it's not really what they meant by it. Um, but it, you know, I just wish they had done a little bit more with that because I think they could have done more with the psychology of it. Um, at the end of the movie, the psychology doesn't even really make sense whatsoever because I I love the fact that they're all screaming I'm Todd at the end. Even the mother is screaming I'm Todd at the end. I don't know what that means. I was trying to interpret that. What does that mean when the mom screams I'm Todd? I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. Did she just lose her mind? She starts screaming I'm Todd as well. I wish that there was a little bit more to that because – it's hilarious. It's deep political. It's an anti-Reagan statement about, you know. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's, it, as funny as it is, it's, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But this is where, again, it feels like the film's ad-libbed, where they're just like, ah, what do you, uh, I'm Todd. 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 It just doesn't – it just says no, – like – and I feel like the mother character entirely, they were not – they did not know what to do with her. So they were like, you know what? We're just going to like intercut between scenes of people being murdered and her just screaming at an operator on the phone. Those moments are so, – they, they, they are so – there are so many moments of those things happening. It is very um, – Pointless. It's, yeah, it's so pointless. It's just a waste of time to see her on the phone screaming like, get my boyfriend. Get my boyfriend on the phone. I can't reach him. It just or seems her like, or, or watching her eat green beans and corn yeah. on the floor or scrub scrub the stove. Like that's like five minutes of time is dedicated like throughout the film of her sitting on her ass in the kitchen doing nothing. And it's like you literally could have cut that out. And it would I mean, again. I know the film's only 82 minutes long, but th- those moments, honestly, I had to like walk away for like four different times throughout this film because it just makes this film feel fucking interminable. It's such a, it's makes it such a slog. It's like just dead air. Like, well, we got to kind of stretch this out. How do we do that? You know? Yeah, I, I agree. Hey. It, it, those moments really feel way too long. Way too pointless. And not only that, but it's not only the mom. There's like other scenes where people are just literally doing things that really don't come into play in the rest of the movie. Like why do they have to focus on the one mom where they're babysitting and the guy when they're having, you know, like a little date night. Coconut liqueur. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like – just, these scenes are oh. just like so pointless. They don't oh. add up to anything. Coconut liqueur, huh? No, but I says, do. Says it says not for children. Huh. Huh. What a pointless thing to put on there. Why don't you read it again? Yeah, it's coconut liquor. <laughs> I'll be right back. I do. I do actually have to take a offense to that scene because they have uh, creme de banana. <laughs> and that is not okay in my book. Like, you will not find creme de banana on my liquor shelf. Well, they also had creme de menthe, you know. Creme de menthe, okay. I can see, like, you might get some some use out of creme de menthe in, in various scenarios. Like, you're making, like, a nice little hot cocoa, a, a, a spiked hot cocoa. Creme de menthe, sure. 
creme de banana. What the? F- what are you? What are you making as a mixed <laughs> drink with creme de banana? I don't know. Maybe like a pina colada. No, that's got pineapple and um. What else does it have? I don't even know. Coconut. coconut, pineapple, and coconut. You know, you don't. You're not putting banana in there. Why not? If you were, then that's wrong because Which, then you should have creme de. Well, uh, you so 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 you plantain. So you. So you <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, you're also not gonna bitch about how they drink tequila on this. They have a whole like. <laughs> I like how the one guy takes like literally a sip of it. He's like, mm. yeah. And so you're not gonna bitch about. Okay, so what do you do? Well, yeah. Um, I put the salt on my hand. I lick the salt, drink the tequila, and then do a shot of lemon. Okay, yeah, the lemon right there. I'm gonna stop you right there. Why lemon? Why? <laughs> who? Who is like? I'm gonna have tequila and some lemon. It's just like, not a thing. Always I lime. Know. I don't know. Is it? Tequila and lemon is, is like when you haven't gone to the grocery store. <laughs> and that's, you, you only have a lemon. You're like, I found a lemon in the back of the fridge. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Better yet, you just got like the little lemon like lemon juice thing. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, yeah, the lemon juice container. <laughs> like, this is all I've got. <laughs> take, a, take a shot of yeah. that. But no, like the Karen, she doesn't even take like a whole shot. She like like sit, like takes like the daintiest little nip of the tequila. And I mean, I've never really drank tequila that much to begin with, and I don't really know. Maybe you do drink it with lemon. I don't know. No, I I don't know. Maybe it is a thing. I take offense to it. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I've. Well, I mean, I I I mean, I didn't take offense to, but I was like, oh, that's. That's new. I haven't heard of that before. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I've definitely done the salt tequila lime. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a nice little popper sometimes you can do. But uh, I've never really done lemon. It's like that's that's only if you don't have a lime. But yeah, that so – and the other thing is too, like, you know, you can you can have a sipping tequila – there is sipping tequila, you know. That's a that's a very high level tequila. Um, but if you're doing shots like that, you're not going to do a, a little sip. You're going to do the whole shot. Because if you don't do the whole thing, what's going to make you come back for more? Mm-hmm. And then the mom, she's like drinking like ten different wines throughout this. I actually one, got um, at one at one point. It looks like she's drinking like a Dr Pepper or something. Yeah, I got like <laughs> uh, third party. Um, hangover from the wine that she was drinking because it was like in a green bottle <laughs> it looks like it's like a three dollar wine bottle <laughs> like a- not like that not only that she's got done doing dishes she's been cleaning the kitchen and she's like oh i just got done doing dishes you know what i'm gonna do pour this wine into a wine glass and then vacuum at like 10 o'clock at night her neighbors aren't coming around being hey hey Ten o'clock. Why? Why are you fucking vacuuming at yeah, ten o'clock at night? I don't. I don't understand the mom's storyline at all. I don't. I don't know why we had to go back to all these mundane tasks that she's doing: eating corn and beans from the fridge, vacuuming, doing the dishes, <laughs> making phone calls. That sounds Scrub, scrubbing the oven. It sounds like a, my retired mom's life. You know, <laughs> it's like like not not something that I need to see in my uh, my horror slasher movie. I, I just don't like it doesn't it doesn't have any bearing on the actual plot whatsoever. 
how do you what like? Do, oh, uh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, you, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say, go how ahead. do you like how they differentiated Todd and Terry? Todd has like the nice stringy. I just washed my hair look, and uh, Terry has the nice slick back. Like I'm the guy from uh, um, Cabin Fever. <laughs> I like Todd's hair more. I like the you know the nice curls in it. You know, Terry just looks like a douchebag. Like like oh yeah, he's definitely the killer. Well, Todd he's got that. Like- he's he's definitely got that American Psycho look going about him. Like so, have you like have you listened to Huey Lewis? Well, you know news? what? I'd be suspicious when he comes in and they're like, "Well, I have vodka and I have tomato juice. Which do you want?" And he says, "I want tomato juice." I'd be like, "Get the fuck out of my house!" Well, again, You're psycho. Well, well, again. <laughs> Just like Silent Night, Deadly Night, got the one guy during the warm side of the door with his vodka, and then you got Ricky going, no, no, got my milk carton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing here. All this film needed was a nice, you know, jaunty little Thanksgiving tune to. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Of, nice Thanksgiving of, tune. Uh, of watching Terry, like when they're like. You want to have, which again, it was funny too, because it's like, oh, you want to have sex with me? No, what's on the TV? And, and <laughs> she's literally wearing like a see-through top with no bra on. She's like, oh, we should just have some fun. No, what's on the TV? Do you want vodka and tomato juice or tomato juice and vodka? I don't drink. Give me tomato juice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If anybody's asking me for V8, I'm, I'm out. So you, you're, you're a freak. No one drink. I don't eat tomatoes plain. I'm not drinking tomato juice. <laughs> and if anybody comes to me for clamato, I'm, <laughs> I'm throwing them out the fucking door. How about a Bloody Mary? I don't know. I've, I've, I've actually never had one. Neither have I. Um, I'd give it a shot. I'd give it a try. Apparently, you know, they, like a lot of people like them for breakfast. I, I don't know that I would... Nice celery and hot sauce. And yeah, I don't. I don't know that I'd be clamoring for one at breakfast, but I have had clamato, and I, that was like the most disgusting thing that I've had. I have not had that. Be honest with you, I've never had tomato juice on its own, really, because it just sounds disgusting. Even though I loved like tomatoes and tomato soup and shit, I've just never. I've never had like a V eight before in my life. Just, no, just I don't doesn't... think I've ever had that solely either. Like it just sounds like. Like, hey, I'm thirsty. What do you want to drink? <laughs> oh, nice uh, tomato juice. No yeah, I think um, I think it, th- th- it's not just tomato though, right? Like it's it's no, it's, it's like thicker a, it's than a bl- tomato. It's like a blend. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so the thing is, like, I'm not a fan of like straight up tomato. So I'm just like tomato juice. Oh, wait, are we talking just... about V8 or Bloody Mary? No, uh, V8. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's definitely seems thicker than like if you just squeezed a tomato and just drank the juice, right? So it's it's like the whole whole tomato blended up, right? So that's I, what like I'm I imagining. Said, I guess I I, I, I I couldn't tell you. Cause I don't know. Said, I'll have I, to try I, it at some point. Just just because I'm curious, like what what can it taste like? I'm like I said, I'm not a fan of like just straight up like I'm not going to eat a tomato. Um, if the tomato is in a taco, sure, but I'm not going to eat. A straight up tomato. Oh, it's delightful. No, I I just don't. But at the same time, but again, at the same time too, like I I haven't had tomato soup in forever. Mm. But I don't really like in my head. I know I like tomato soup. I haven't had it forever because when I look at it, it's like I just I actually just had tomato soup. But when I say I had tomato soup, it's a doctor tomato soup. It's not just tomatoes soup. 
It's not like condensed Campbell's. It's like we put some basil in there. Put a little little milk or cream in there to make it a little thicker. Cre- Ooh, cream with tomato? Yeah, it's it's not just like it's not just straight tomato. There it's doctored. So I like I like and I like a tomato bisque cuz the bisque makes it the cream makes it nice and hearty. But give me straight up tomato, I don't know if I would want just like a, know, literally you know a tomato soup. For for Christmas I'm just going to buy you a bunch of giant beef steak tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like and this this has actually been a point of contention in board game history for <laughs> the Barber Plumber family. Uh, but in in one game of I don't know it was like one of those like games where it's like you have to know the other person. Um, Sarah had had said that I would be a person that would say that I like tomatoes um, some of the time, and I said I like tomatoes none of the time. And I was a point of contention because technically, I guess I really do like tomatoes some of the time. Like I'll eat them in tacos. I'll eat them on a how sandwich. About a nice, how about a nice margarita pizza? Nice I'll eat them on a margarita pizza. pizza. But I won't eat them straight. See, but there's different varieties of tomatoes. Like try like a nice like grape tomato. Like, you know, it's more tart. Yeah, I've had I've had varieties of tomatoes. I've had the yellow tomatoes. I've had the orange tomatoes. I've had grape tomatoes. You know, nice beef steak that's, you know, got I've had nice beef steak tomatoes. Um, throw a bunch of salt on them for my hypertension and we're good to go. Like I'll eat them. Oh, you know what I do like though, is if the tomato is just coated in like Italian dressing, then I'll fucking eat it. What about a nice grilled cheese and tomato? Yep. I'll eat that. Aren't those delightful? Yeah, I do do that. You're bite like, oh, I'm having a grilled cheese and you bite it like, oh, I got tomato on there. Yep. I do that. I love tomatoes. The only thing like a tomato really, I don't really care for like. Is ketchup. Ketchup I abhor. Which is weird. I know, because I like barbecue sauce. Yeah, you like every, yeah. everything else. Like, every component that, that goes into ketchup. ketchup. Yeah. yeah. Vinegar. Yeah, I, it's just, I abhor ketchup. Mm. See, this is more interesting. This tomato talks more interesting. Than <laughs> blood rage. <laughs> but, uh, so, um... What did you think? I was gonna say, what did you think of this film going the full nine yards on being like, hey, yeah, yo, what do you think of uh, yo Simmons's retarded brother running around? Yeah, like, like addressing the psychology of it, of the, of but the not brother. even, not even just being like, oh, what a fucking loony. Yeah, like the <laughs> the craziness of it. Yeah, I mean, I I like. I kind of, I kind of the, enjoy it because I, the bluntness I, of the eighties. Just like, yeah, I mean they were. Yeah, the one thing I was missing was calling the place where he was at. They kept calling it school. They should just call it sanatorium. You know? the, what, yeah, the one guy actually like says it to his face too when Todd's in his car. He's mm. like, "Oh, you're the crazy brother." <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like it was intended to be sort of. I don't know, like understanding of. The psychological aspect and understanding there is a spectrum of craziness, <laughs> but I don't I don't think it's it, it's it's pretty like cut and dry like what it means. Um, t- you know, Todd is misunderstood, Terry is crazy, and there's not really um, gray gray room there. And the other thing is like it would have been int- it kind of been interesting if um, Todd at the end shows some psychotic tendencies because of culture. 
of of environment you know like um he's been so conditioned that he's crazy now he is crazy um but the blood rage is not really does not have any intentions of of trying to make um educational discussion about stuff like that it really just seems really cut and dry you know like there's one crazy twin there's one regular twin and that's it yeah i i mean I just thought it was funny, just in like how blunt it was. Like, oh, you the fuck crazy, you know? It's like, oh, Jesus! But it also draw comparisons of uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. This this sets up Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two in this for Blood Rage Two to be, you know, where the the good the good son becomes the evil one. Yeah, it through, does. You know, yeah, through you know being corrupted through the events of this film. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, like. Blood Rage really feels like a thing. Well, I mean, and I'm saying this kind of, uh, I'm giving it leeway here, but it's really like a Thanksgiving Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, just done a lot worse. Like, I would say that even the feeling of the, the, like the low budget feeling of the movie still kind of conjures the idea of Silent Night, Deadly Night, because Silent Night, Deadly Night is a low budget movie. It is not, you know, it's not polished. And Blood Rage feels a lot like that, but Blood Rage is a lot cheaper and uh, a lot less polished even than Silent Night, Deadly Night. But the the similarities are still there. You can definitely feel the aura of Silent Night, Deadly Night in Blood Rage. Um, It's like the Thanksgiving version of Silent Night, Deadly Night, just done worse. Which I thought was – and it's it's interesting that we both came to that conclusion that, you know, this this movie is basically Silent Night, Deadly Night, but just not done as well um, with a different holiday and, you know, it has the same feeling to it. Um, I just – I don't think that it – you know, like in Silent Night, Deadly Night is not a um, great example of doing like psychology well. You know, it's not <laughs> it, – it certainly is still kind of um, primitive in the way that it examines like the psychological aspect of PTSD and stuff like that. But if you compare it to Blood Rage, it's like miles above <laughs> what Blood Rage does. It's the PhD. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I guess I would say that I do not recommend Blood Rage particularly as a movie. Um. If you watch it for Thanksgiving, I feel like even then, you know, it's okay for Thanksgiving, but it's it's really not a Thanksgiving movie. It it barely has anything to do with the holiday whatsoever. It just seems to happen to be set on Thanksgiving. So like you're not going to get like any of like the the fuzzy warm feelings of like, yes, this is a Thanksgiving movie. Like, you know, there's all this this reference to Thanksgiving. It it literally just happens to to take place on they just, thanksgiving they just make sure when like 10 years later happy thanksgiving yes happy thanksgiving to you too oh we're, this is on thanksgiving now okay yeah i get. I, i'm not even really sure what the thanksgiving holiday really has to do with the movie at all except the fact that like they have the whole family together they have like people together other than that like thanksgiving as a as a theme for this movie doesn't even really come into play at all it doesn't really matter 
It's it is interesting how they they use Thanksgiving. It's it's almost like someone said, you know, slasher movies do really well when they are set on a holiday. And so imagine they they was, literally just like mentioned Thanksgiving one time and that's it. Imagine if he was running around in a pilgrim costume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. What do you think of the I say, what do you think of the kills? The kills are actually pretty good and I think that's a reason why I recommend, you know, like you you can't watch the a cut version of this movie. You really want to see it with the kills because those are the best parts of the movie. Like um, they're, they tend to be overly violent. Um, the, the initial, the killing is uh pretty good. Actually. They like, there's a nice uh, makeup effect of like hatcheting to the eye and um, multiple wounds to the face. Um, later on, there's a nice, uh, um, well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't call it great, but it's, it's a, um, good scene where they, they have special effects where the woman is cut in half. Um, it, it's fairly gory. Um, the special effects are not bad. I mean, they're certainly not like Tom Savini level of special effects or Friday 13th, um, later sequels or anything like that, but it certainly is a fairly gory movie. And I feel like if you don't have that, then like blood rage is really not going to be, uh, interesting to watch at all. You had the nice splitting of the head of the, Maddie's uh, boyfriend when she finally finds him and then like she pushes him yep. over and his kind of just the hat opens up into like yeah. a nice jello. Yeah, I think the effects are pretty good. They're bu- definitely above average. Mm-hmm. That's where all the effort went into was the effects. Though the way we get the kills is kind of bland. They're all just like very stabbing. How the effects are kind of executed is what makes is definitely the draw of the film. So if you're definitely a gore hound. I would say this is something worthwhile to watch in that aspect because they definitely did put effort and creativity into how to make these things look brutal. Like, you know, the opening, like, where he kills the first guy and, like, with the hatchet to the head. It's not like he just hit him in the head and he was dead. He's sitting there, you know, hacking away at him and, like, going right into the eyes. The guy's still alive and you're watching, like, you know, it kind of cut into his head, you know. So if you're into that kind of thing for your you know your gore and violence it's def- that is definitely going to be your worth the watch for you because everything else in this film is interminable yeah agreed i think i think that's you know the gore is the the most important aspect uh, this the score the story none of that is really that great um you know it's you can... low low rank carpenter with yeah, there's just some... never ending, like you know, ha- Halloween synth line playing, kind of. Throughout. Yeah, basically, just like a like a synth score here. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I I I I can't really recommend Blood Rage. I think it's you know it's 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 one of the only horror Thanksgiving movies, but it's even then, it's really not Thanksgiving set at all. It's it just happens to be set on Thanksgiving night. <laughs> So I guess we should give it a rating. Um, on a scale of one to ten, creme de bananas. What do you give? <laughs> Blood rage. I'll give it a five and a half. Um, this, as I said, is interminable. It feels like forever. It's only eighty-two minutes long. It feels like forever to get through because once your first twenty minutes of this film are go- done. It's off to the races with the killing, and that's it. But 
all the stuff that happens in between is very, very much a patchwork of nonsense and falderall and usually quite boring. Um, the gore in this film is pretty good. The way the creativity and the kills are not that creative, but how they're executed is creative and well done. Um, I don't have a problem with the premise or anything. I just don't think they leaned in, especially if they're going to bother to say this is a hap- you know happening on Thanksgiving. If they went the extra length to kind of lean into that like Silent Night, Deadly Night does, I think that would definitely have added some flair to this film make it you know more worthwhile and worth you know more standing out um none of the actors in this film really stand out mark soper as terry and todd is really the only one that stands out um louise lasser which we didn't even mention that's uh woody allen's ex-wife um she's actually quite uh well known she i don't think is terrible as the mother but at the same time i think they give her more to do in this film than she has any purpose in doing because half the scenes in this film with her are just filler and fluff that don't do a damn thing um and there's a lot of filler and fluff a lot of the lines in this film feel ad-libbed and just kind of off the cuff and it's a slog to get through if you if you really really are somebody who loves slasher films then you're probably gonna just enjoy this film because it's it's basically just go kill. That's you know that's that's it. If you're not, then you're probably going to find this film to be a slog because there's a lot of meandering and nonsense going on. Um, so I would say five and a half out of ten. Yeah, I would pretty much agree with that. Five and a half out of ten. It's a movie that is, it's okay. It's a it's a slasher movie of the time. Certainly takes uh, influence from a lot of the other movies at the time, including holiday movie, holiday slasher movies, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, being the most, um, I guess, influential for this movie. Uh, but it's really not that good of a movie. Um, if you're looking for a Thanksgiving movie, I guess you know it, it would suffice. But it really doesn't have much Thanksgiving element to it at all. Um, it is really just a very, I would say, substandard slasher movie. Um, not done entirely well. Um, the gore effects are pretty good, but the um, the acting, the score, the dialogue and script, they're all pretty rudimentary. Um, so I, I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot of mileage out of it. The only thing that seems to really stand out for Blood Rage is that it's pretty crazy. Like it, it just has a lot of weirdness going on to it. So if you're one that really gravitates towards weirdness in your movies or just, you know, randomness, then Blood Rage has it. But it's random because it really doesn't have a, a plot to it at all. It doesn't really go anywhere. Um, so that's really the only positive note that we can say about blood rage other than that it's really just a very run-of-the-mill slasher that doesn't do anything that well besides some fair gore effects all right so that wraps up our thanksgiving episode and we're gonna probably move into um christmas 
very, very shortly. Um, probably the first of December week. We will. Do we have do, do we have a theme yet? Um, I don't know that we have a theme per se, but we definitely do have ideas that we want to do. I think we want to do Home Alone this year. No. Um, no? no. I never want to do that, Phil. No? I no. love Home Alone. I've already watched yeah. it once this year. We can start at Home Alone 3 with Mr. Unger. True. And ScarJo. Mm. Her first film. I think I want to do what else? I want to do um maybe elves. Gremlins two. Ooh, well, no, Gremlins two is not set at Christmas. I don't think. Well, it's got Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay, so that makes it worthwhile. <laughs> um, um, we'll think of some some. Some We're done with episodes. the Santa Claus. We're right? done with the Santa Claus. Yeah, those are over. We're done with those. We We're run done. out. We're done with Silent Night, Deadly Night. We could do Jingle All the Way too. No, no, Larry, I refuse. Larry, to do Larry the Larry Cable Guy version. Refuse, refuse to do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we could do um, the new Bruce Campbell Hallmark Christmas movie. I was gonna say, is that how you want Phil Hartman to be remembered? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like we went out on Phil Hartman's last gasp. And then you're going to be like, yeah, let's, uh, you know, we'll uh, do Jingle all the way, too, just to besmirch him. Man was murdered, and you're going to be like, yeah, fuck him. Let's just, you know what we should just do? Let's just do Lacey Chabert Hallmark movies. There you go. That'll be our, our entire uh, series. I'm sure she has at least five five that we could get done. Let's see. Um, bum, bum. Well, I can't stick around for you looking that up. I gotta, I gotta use the restroom. But well, before we do that, we I, there's one thing that we haven't done um, that we have to do for when it comes to Thanksgiving. What's so, that? Thanksgiving, what is your if you had to pick your three things, your three staple items at mealtime? What are they? Uh, stuffing with sausage, mashed potatoes, and mm, the third one. That's a that's a that's a, that's a good question. Um, hmm. It's not turkey. I will say that because I'm not a fan of turkey. Um, you know what I'm gonna say? Uh, this is gonna this is gonna be um, definitely controversial. It's gonna be roasted Brussels sprouts. See, that's not bad. That's not a bad choice. But you're wrong. Dark meat of the turkey, stuffing, and then it'd be a tie with biscuits or green bean casserole. Green bean casserole, huh? Hmm. You know what? You know, I've had green bean casserole. Um, it's never been my favorite. Is there is texture something about, thing? It shouldn't work. Canned green beans and cream of mushroom and the onions. Yeah, it's, it's a, just, 
it works though. All together, it works. It's a texture thing for me. I'll I'll try it again. I'll, I'll I'll see if I like it. That's something that as I've gotten older that I've come to appreciate more. But it's overall, definitely an older thing. It's like you get up, you have shredded wheat for breakfast, you have the green bean casserole for for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> well, you know, says the the old man who likes like butter pecan yeah, ice cream. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. That's it, well. You'll have to. Everybody will have to let us know what your your top what? three. I have to put like a pull up, fly pull up. Yeah, yeah. But again, see like the whole mashed potato things because again, I grew up on like whipped potato boxes. So I mean, I loved homemade mashed potatoes. But like you know, in this household, it's been whipped, and that's just not going to make the cut. Yeah. Well, we are uh, going to be off for two weeks, right? And then we're well a week, and then we're going to come back and we're going to do a Christmas series. So you have no, to. No, no, you're wrong. It's not Christmas. It's Festivus. God damn Sorry. it. Sorry. So listen, you Festivus. know what? At, at work, we dressed up the office and somebody's with everyone. They, somebody dressed up with a bunch of Christmas decorations. And I said, well, I, I don't celebrate Christmas. Uh-huh. And they go, and somebody said, well, well, I'll hang up whatever the hell you want. I don't care. I'll get the decorations. What do you celebrate? I said, you ever heard of Festivus? And they're like, no, what's that? And I'm like, I'm going to bring the Festivus pole. And they're like, what's the Festivus pole? And I'm like, it's just an aluminum pole. <laughs> and then I'm like, in, they're like, well, well, what does Festivus entail? And I go, well, there's the feats of strength, airing of grievances. That's my favorite part of Festivus. And they're like, where the hell is this from? And then somebody said, you've never seen Seinfeld before? Oh, wow. But we're, you know what? I'm bringing a Festivus pole to work. There you go. Because I will have my fucking airing of grievances. All right. So catch us back in a week. Uh, check, we will, I was going to say, check out the face, the old book face. That's we'll right. Have the, we'll have the schedule up we'll probably a, a week. Yeah, we'll put a schedule up. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us at Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We are on uh, pretty much any, every podcasting app that you can think of. So you can subscribe to us on there. Leave us a like and subscribe, um, and that will help us out immensely. We are we have a uh, email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. You can write to us, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what films you want us to cover, and you can donate to us on our Patreon page or pretty much any other area where you can donate. I think you do it on Apple uh, Podcast now as well. Uh, that will help us buy beer for the show, so we appreciate anything that you can leave for us. Uh, other than that, we'll be back for our Festivus series in uh, a couple weeks now, and we hope you tune in. Take care.